0: Tips from Trestle is brought to you by the Belter Companies, Navigator Group Purchasing, and E-Menu Choice Point of Sale. Welcome to Tips from Trestle, the Senior Living Food and Hospitality Podcast. This podcast explores the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, In the community experience. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. During three decades in the hospitality industry, I focused my work on creating exceptional experiences for the customers we serve. My goal for this podcast? Educate, inform, and inspire leaders in senior living. How? By creating hospitality with a purpose by bringing the customer experience to the front of mind in our industry. We should bring the passionate spirit of food and hospitality to everything that we do and everyone we serve each and every day. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Joining me today on Tips from Trestle is Lucas McCurdy. In addition to his duties as host for the industry leading Bridge the Gap podcast, Lucas is the founder of the Bridge Group Construction based in Dallas, Texas. Widely known as the Senior Living Fan, he has directed his passion for aging adults and the communities they live in to develop the industry's first renovation and construction company dedicated solely to the senior living industry. Lucas is also actively supporting the senior living industry, including his involvement in Nick, Argentum, Leading Age, Asha, and the Nick Future Leaders Council. Lucas, thanks for joining me today on Tips from Tressel. Glad to be here. Thank you. So, you know, I. I was looking over your bio and kind of understanding your background and you didn't start your career in senior living. And so I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit of how you got into senior living and how you got into uh, creating bridge, bridge group construction company.
1: Yeah. You know, I love origin stories and it's fun for me to be able to tell people my personal origin story as well. I'm a third generation construction entrepreneur. My grandfather was a general contractor. My father is a general contractor and I'm a general contractor, but I got my start really in the multifamily hospitality and restaurant industries doing disaster restoration, capex work and renovations. And candidly, Aaron, I didn't like it. I just, for whatever reason, I had a hard time making the right relationships. Um, the way I, I saw business being done, um, it just didn't really fit my personal wiring. Uh, um, it was, it was just really hard industry. There was, uh, they placed a lot of value on whoever just the lowest bidder was, regardless of whether they could execute it or if they were professional. And I just found it a hard road to navigate. Fortunately, I was introduced to the senior living industry. About 14 and a half years ago, I stepped foot into the first assisted living that I'd ever stepped foot into it was Brookdale yeah. Tuscaloosa in central Florida. And it changed my life forever. And it set me on this path to developing a deep love and passion for the industry and the people that do the work inside these communities. And I just thought, you know what? I'd like to build my legacy and career around making and, and creating services that will help people live and thrive in these communities.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I know that when you first started, you focused a lot on like renovation and really kind of taking older assets and bringing them up to, to, to market. And so, you know, as you kind of think about that process, what are some of the challenges that, you know, maybe people wouldn't think of normally when you're thinking about uh, renovation? You know, it's not just putting up some new paint and changing out some light fixtures. So. Kind of give us some of the big picture challenges you guys face when you go into a a property for a renovation project.
1: Open and occupied communities need uh, a very tailored focus approach before doing any type of renovation or construction work um, inside what is their home. Um, This is not your standard commercial building. They are not selling jeans out of these doors or burgers out of the drive through window. Uh, these are where our older adults are living and trying to thrive and want to feel safe and comfortable. And I think that that's one of the biggest challenges that uh, other general contractors face when they're stepping foot, maybe for the first time, or maybe they're just very inconsistently stepping foot into the senior living industry. Um, it's what I see oftentimes is there's a misunderstanding on uh, number one, phasing, Uh, And I'll get into that a little bit more as we uh, kind of go into our conversations. But phasing is a big one. And then just in general, the entire approach on schedule, timing, the trades and how that is all pieced and put together, that can really make or break a successful and safe project inside the community. And then finally, really, it's just building that level of rapport and trust with the people that are operating the building, the executive director or the administrator, the director of maintenance, and then it can even involve other people like sales and marketing individuals because it's going to impact the areas that they are uh, on a tour for, and it can impact um, you know their schedules and daily lives. And so there's a lot of different factors that can go into making a successful renovation uh, at one of these communities.
0: Yeah, I I can I've lived through some of those open and operating projects, and it definitely can relate to the things you're saying. Um, well, wouldn't I? You know, our focus is really we talk about the food and hospitality and and how to, to be successful with that. You know, um, I would imagine a lot of these projects, you're taking dated dining rooms and you're bringing them into the, you know, the, you know, 2000, you know, the 2023s. Uh, and so what is some of the things as you're looking at those spaces to make them more modern? Maybe, you know, what are some projects you've worked on? Uh, And some of those challenges. So that way operators can really bring their food program into, you know, the more modern approach.
1: Aaron, as you know, these are the most difficult areas of the building to renovate. And oftentimes um, they can be some of the most outdated areas of the building because of its level of difficulty. Maybe they have changed out the flooring uh, at one point or another, but that normally is the only thing that I see that has been touched mm. in a dining room, uh, and you know, this also extends out to the lobby, obviously. Uh, in most cases, those, are, those two areas are very close to one another. They're also very high-traffic areas, as you may presume. And so, dining rooms uh, take a very specialized approach, and um, it's not necessarily rocket science. It just takes uh, some thoughtfulness around the schedule, and it goes back to that phrase that I use, phasing. The dining room um, is a very particular phase of the project, um, is heavily coordinated with the food and dining um, directors of the community, as well as the executive director. And it also involves lead time on the products that we're going to be installing in those areas. So things like what I mentioned earlier, flooring, um, lighting. Um, Oftentimes in renovating or updating a dining room, there may even be some specialty design products. We've put tableau panels in, which are essentially decorative panels. Um, you see new um, kind of banquettes or a bench seating that's uh, designed or built or installed in some of these areas. Sometimes they want to put, um, you know, instead of just having one big rectangle or one big square where it's just tables and chairs, yeah. they may want to actually uh, rethink or redesign how some of those areas are used to create some sitting areas or incorporate a bistro area or a coffee area or some type of a drink zone. And so there's a lot of thought that needs to go into that and how we schedule it. Um, And then really oftentimes some of that work is done at nighttime. You know, Ah. Uh, it's, it can be very difficult um, in phasing the, these projects because obviously they have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And uh, shutting down the entire dining room for weeks at a time is oftentimes uh, unfeasible and yeah. uh can be a, a a strain on the community and so we really try to figure out a phase a phasing plan that works for them and it often involves night work
0: have you found in in some of the projects you've worked on where they're looking to create the this kind of multi concept dining program you know that's something that a lot of operators are looking at um you know with kind of the changing demographics and you know i think about you know maybe renovating a lobby space to add like a little coffee shop or a bistro Do you find those projects are are harder to do or need more planning? Or what are some of the challenges that come when you have an operator says, hey, I wanna put this in here in a space that maybe wasn't originally designed for something like that? Today, I wanna tell you about one of Trustful's senior living partners, Belter. Belter is a food service design, equipment, and supply company that has been providing expert guidance to the food and beverage industry for nearly a century. A strategic partner to the most successful food service operations in the country, Felter provides support in kitchen and bar design, equipment procurement and install, and supplies. Their team of senior living food service experts have experience across the continuum of care. From independent living to skilled nursing and CCRCs, Felter specializes in right-sizing new facilities, modernizing remodels, and providing the right food service equipment and supplies. At Belter, they are committed to creating memorable experiences for their customers and their guests. With their top-notch team and a global network of quality supplier partners, their customer-focused approach is built on a foundation of collaboration and decades of industry experience. So thank you for considering Belter for all of your food service needs.
1: Sure. Yeah, there, there can be some challenges with that, um, but I would put out really more of a word of encouragement. to Encouragement operators to really push themselves to add these different levels of services. Aaron, I've heard you speak on our podcast and your own um, just about uh, different revenue streams that that could create. Obviously, yeah. that's above my pay grade. That's that's in, <laughs> in in your wheelhouse. But you know, there's there's creative ways to not only add value to the residents, but can actually add value back to the operator um, from an NOI perspective. Um, and There's ways to rethink and redesign some of these spaces that can be generally antiquated in a 1995 building. Um, I work in a lot of 1990s, early 2000s buildings, and some of these spaces that were designed back then are not really used. And so you walk through and, um, you, you kind of see these different rooms or spaces and there's no one in them. And really yeah. that doesn't really, uh, that's not beneficial to the residents. It's also not beneficial to sales and marketing as they're touring somebody through a building and they walk by these spaces, no one's there. Yeah. Um, and so there's ways to rethink that, add in these different areas of service. I think it's a great idea. And when you have the right design pro- uh, partner, um, as well as your construction partner, it really can be a little less painless than you might think.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you said something about having, your design partners and who you work with, because I I wanted to ask you about that. You know, uh, when I think about the work you do and and remodel, you know, you mentioned the dates, 1990s, early 2000s. Obviously, those need a lot of refreshing. And so um, how important is it to have the right design partners, the right interior group, have the right people focused on uh, creating this vision that the operator is looking for?
1: It's paramount. Uh, Aaron, it's so important, um, which is why I have such a high respect for the services that you offer, um, and it's been fun. You and I have crossed paths a little bit over time, and I look forward to, to actually crossing paths more, mainly because I'm such a big believer in hyper-focused, tailored services to the senior living industry, and I am a big proponent in encouraging operators, owners, investors, REITs, private equity companies, as they have these portfolios that may be a value add uh, acquisition, or they're taking over something, or just have a legacy community that just really needs an update. It's so important to build that team around people that know and understand the senior living industry, not dabble in it, not have it on their website. You've got to know either by interviewing them or getting references from them or just checking out their portfolio, making sure that they have done this before and not just one time, but many times Mm -hmm. and have a real love and passion for doing this work. Um, I oftentimes tell people and probably the same thing with you, Aaron, when I'm meeting with a customer or client that maybe is just getting to know me, I tell them, look, I have to make different decisions. I don't have another thing to go to. <laughs> uh, so number one, I make different decisions because I want to, I, I I love this industry and I want to take care of this industry. That's number one. But if they're just meeting me for the first time, that may not be very meaningful to them. And so I tell them, look, I don't have another thing to go to. I've got to approach this differently. I've got to make you happy because this yeah. industry is very small. And if you uh, start up, Creating a bad reputation for not taking care of your customers or clients, it's not going to look very well for you. That's going to get out and you're going to be known. And so um, I often tell people look, we've got to make this a successful project, which means I have to make different decisions when challenges arise.
0: Yeah, I think that's one thing that a lot of people don't really understand. You know, I always tell people that the senior living industry is such a very large industry that is very tight knit right? We, everybody kind of knows everybody and everybody kind of has worked for everybody. Uh, and so, you know, building that reputation, like you say, is so important. Um, I'm curious when you think back on all of the projects that you, you've done, what's probably been the most challenging one when it comes to food service or hospitality and, and how did you kind of overcome and get to that outcome that the, the operator was looking for?
1: Yeah, Wyndham Court of Plano, right down the street from both of us. This is a uh 12 Oaks managed community. And uh the ownership group is Blackstone, obviously a huge, huge, huge uh private equity, global private equity company. Um, I was uh my knees were knocking a little bit on the first uh you know calls on that. I thought, gosh, I can't get this wrong. Right. Um, and so uh and the reason why uh I was. Uh, both excited and anxious was just the level of uh, scope that was involved in this one. It was the most intrusive construction project I've ever done inside a senior living, open operating community. Mm. Um, and in particular, it uh, involved major, major redesign around the dining room. Um, and so we had to coordinate a lot of different things because we completely changed the structural. Uh, footprint of the entire downstairs area involving the lobby, the offices, the, um, the fitness center that turned into a very open and functional bistro activity room, computer room, uh, art room. Um, and then that also opened up into the brand new dining room, which we actually took out an entire residential unit to expand the dining room. And there were, Uh, major structural changes that involved bringing in um, 25-foot structural I-beams through the wall of the building to redesign um, how those walls are laid out and to support the upstairs. It was a two-story building. Um, And we had to do that all all during the time when the building was open and occupied and allow the residents to still have dining service. And so that goes back to a couple of things that I mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. It's phasing. And yeah. so there was high, high oversight, both from us, obviously, as the GC, but from the designer and the architect, which was one and the same, mm. and engineers, because we had to redesign also all the MEPs. And for people, I know you know that, Aaron, but for people that maybe in your audience that don't know that acronym, it's Mechanical Electrical Plumbing. We had to redesign all of those things. And so we were actually able uh, to section off um, because we were expanding the dining room. We're actually able to section off half of the dining room to allow for food service uh, to take place. And what they did, Aaron, you've probably seen this before and helped people with it, yeah. is um, they did it in shifts. So not yeah. every resident could come and eat at the same exact time. And so they kind of did it in shifts. And they also used um, the upstairs. As an alternate area uh, for some dining service to allow for some uh, some overfill, if you would, if that's uh, the correct way.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. You know, kind of just listening to you explain that project, how in depth and and how how much planning has to go into that, and operationally, you know, you've got to have buy-in from that food service director and those employees that they they know the end game, and so. Um, I assume that there was a ton of communication, not just with everybody working on the project, but with the operating team inside the community all the way down to the front line. So they knew what was going on and how things were happening. Navigator is the largest full service GPO that exclusively focuses on the senior living community. And what that means is we provide products and services that help our members provide a great environment for their residents, such as like MRO, hospitality equipment, food, business products, as well as technology solutions, we actually surround our members with a level of support unmatched in the industry.
1: Absolutely, very well said. Uh, the level of communication that that needs to take place, really, no matter the level of com- complexity of of the scope that that it may be inside the community, it's it's so important. I'm. I'm so proud of my team. Um, they, they really love this work. And I, candidly, I've I've been really surprised by the level of construction professionals that have actually sought out the Bridge Group um, to want to work in senior living instead of the commercial construction industry. Um, it's so rewarding, as you've seen, yeah. Aaron, when you go into these communities and you're able to redesign how they. Look and feel and operate, and particularly from a hospitality standpoint. I mean, that's a, yeah. it's the, one of the heartbeats of the community, right? If you can't get hospitality right and your food and dining right, man, it's going to be really hard for you be to tough. be successful. That's right. Yeah.
0: So, um, well, I wanted to shift gears before we run out of time. And I want to just kind of pick your brain a little bit about your engagement with all of the various industry uh, groups that you're a part of. And so, um, how has that involvement, you know, with like Nick and our and Leading Age, how has that uh, like molded your perspective on, on where our industry is at and how we're going to be going into the future of our industry?
1: Yeah, it's been uh, really enlightening in my career to get involved in the different various organizations in our industry as well as the local ones. I know you're very active in Tala which is a great state association. Ah. I really have a high respect for the organization here in Texas. Uh, Florida is another great one as well. Um, it's It allows you so many different opportunities to really get involved. I think getting involved uh, from a volunteer leadership standpoint is crucial. If you offer a product or service in the industry and you are not eagerly seeking out ways for you to impact the industry outside of your product and service, I just think that you're going to have a very difficult career. You've got to really want to give into this industry and you will see over time, it is not overnight. It is definitely over time how that will really come back to you because you're going to have a deeper understanding for the nuances of the industry, the things that, that operators are truly challenged with. Um, And it's going to help you be creative around your offer bring whether it's a product or service to to really meet them where they are and offer them something they actually need. Yeah. Um and so I highly encourage for people to get involved.
0: Definitely. Um as we kind of wrap up here today I I always want to 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 pick people's brains about this as we we look at our industry and so from Lucas's chair right what what would you tell our listeners what's your vision for the future of senior living and and how do you think Uh, those of us that are really trying to engage and and move the industry forward, how can we kind of help shape that future?
1: You know, um, with uh, the Bridge the Gap podcast, I'm able to uh, be afforded so many different conversations and be right on the front row. It's been a a labor of love. And I feel like um, I've been able to get some sort of a master's degree just by (laughs) sitting there and listening really. Um, Ah. And if you listen to the podcast, you don't hear me very often. Um, I'm really sitting there listening and uh, it's an honor to be able to facilitate that conversation. Um, And so, you know, some of the big challenges that I see um, that I, you know, I don't have a simple answer for, um, which is the reason why we, you know, pick the brains of all these great leaders in the industry Ah. to see if they, what their insights are. But uh, the labor force is a big one. Um, We've got to figure out a way to uh, really attract people to want to work in senior care. Uh, both from the front lines and from the uh, leadership standpoint, I think, and as as I've always said, I think the role of the executive director is the most challenging role in the entire industry. I I do not know how they do that job. Um, There's literally not enough money you could pay me to want (laughs) to do that job and be successful at it. I mean, I would want to, I just know I would never be successful at it. You have to be good at so many different things. And so I would love to see some, high level leadership training in that area. I know that the industry does offer some leadership training there and some really cutting edge operators do really support their executive directors from uh, some training and leadership roles. I think that that's gonna be crucial. Well, I think that that can really make or break a building. Um, and then the middle market, I think just really what is offered as far as uh, uh, pricing and units, uh, that has been kicked around for years. I think the demographics are overwhelming. What is about to take place and coming into age and income qualified for people looking for care and housing and, um, offering an affordable or what I would call attainable housing is going to be crucial. And, uh, for people to come up with some sort of a model, um, leveraging technology to help offset some costs, um, and building that is going to be, um, I think, uh, one of the most important things in the years to come.
0: Yeah, no, I can't agree with you more. I think those are two really big uh, kind of big picture items that industry is going to have to tackle. So um, as we wrap up today, Lucas, how can listeners connect with you, learn more about the the bridge group construction? Um, and obviously how can they catch uh Bridge the Gap podcast?
1: Yeah, thanks for that. I put in a shameless plug here on Aaron's podcast. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, btgvoice.com for all of our content. Uh, we recently had you on our program. It was an yeah. excellent episode. Highly encourage people to download that as, and listen to it. Um, and then for me, um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn, I'm also very active on Instagram, kind of in my personal life. Probably not very exciting for most, but uh, LinkedIn is definitely a spot where um, I put a lot of content out. And so that'd be a great place to find me. My moniker is Senior Living Fan. So at Senior Living Fan, you can find me.
0: Perfect. Well, Lucas, this has been a great conversation. I I was so glad to be able to kind of pick your brain about structure and about the industry. And so um, thank you so much for joining me today on Tips from Trestle.
1: This is a lot of fun. It was
0: a pleasure. Thank you. So there you have it. Another one in the books. Thanks again, everybody for listening. Please follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter at TipsFromTrestle. You can also learn more about the work I do by following me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. And be sure to check out Trestle Hospitality Concepts at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of Tips from Trestle.